Welcome to the Faith Assembly Podcast. We're so glad that you've joined us today. It is our desire at Faith to help you connect, grow, and go in your walk with God. We hope you're encouraged by this message from Pastor Steve. Today I want to share with you this concluding message that is, I've got issues with me. I've got issues with me. How many of you sometimes feel like maybe you're your own greatest source of trouble? <laughs> you're, you're your own hiccup, your own hang-up. Have you ever heard the old adage that says, wherever you go, there you are? I, want you to, I, want, I really want you to think about that for just a minute. Let that settle in because there are some folks that run from place to place and they're never satisfied they can't be settled. They're never satisfied with any situation for very long. And the truth of the matter is they never will be because they're never willing to confront the truth. And that is that they're their own biggest problem. That they've got issues with themselves. While they may have settled with the Lord in their minds that their sins are forgiven and their pasts are forgotten. And they may have rationalized in their mind that the, their current circumstances uh, is just a passing season and God's going to work something for their good. There's still an unsettledness because while they can rationalize these things, there is still a brokenness inside. And as Pastor Lisa shared a few weeks ago, uh, I can't like anything much if I don't like me. And this week I want to point out to you that often are the times that I do have issues with my past and that I do have issues with my current circumstances and sometimes the reason I struggle so with those things is because in my past and in my present circumstances I have issues with myself. I saw somebody posted a picture of a young man on Facebook just this week and he was wearing that shirt with the proclamation I have issues and uh, I don't see him in here right now but we'll pick on him later. Today I'm not talking about the man that I have been in the past. I'm not necessarily talking about the person who's going through a storm, present tense. I want to talk to you for just a minute about the person that you encounter on a daily basis in your mirror. I hear some subtle groans across the sanctuary this morning I don't, I don't want to talk to you about the man that everybody else sees and surmises things about I want to talk to you this morning about the you that's on the inside looking out because you see for me to look at you I see one thing one of my friends pointed out this morning in the lobby that perspective is important and indeed it is because you see, there's a great difference in the perspective of what someone sees looking at you and what you see looking from you. Because people are looking on at your life. There are folks around you who are looking at you and they feel like you've got it all together. If they had to guess, Man, this person's got it all together. And the truth of the matter is that you may be all tore up inside. 
There are folks who are looking on at your life and they admire the person they perceive you to be. I want to tell you something this morning. You may be in this place today and you may feel like nobody in the world loves you, nobody in the world appreciates you, but I want to tell you, I will almost be willing to give you a 100% money-back guarantee that somebody in your realm of influence admires the person that you are and appreciates you and values you. And they look at you and they admire the person they perceive you to be. But the truth of the matter is sometimes that, you know, though others may look on and admire us, we don't even like us. And there are days when we'd rather be somebody or anybody else besides who we are. I I don't want to talk to you today about the man who's being sized up by his position or possessions or his stature in the community. There are some folks, again, who look at what you've achieved in this life and they're thinking to themselves, if I only had what they have. And the truth of the matter is, as they're looking at you thinking that about you, you're looking at someone else thinking that about them. There are folks who marvel at your accomplishments in life and yet every day you wake up and feel like a failure. You feel like you can't get anything right or you just can't seem to pull it together. And in general, you're just not happy with who God created you to be. I've got issues with that guy that lays his head on my pillow at night and rehearses all of his insecurities and inadequacies and all of his fears and his uncertainties. That is the person that I want to speak to you about today. Let's be honest. How many of you feel like sometimes if you could just get a hold of yourself that that there were a lot of things that would go better in your life? If you could just get a hold of me. Me and my wife, we have this this saying, we are each other's sanity. Somebody, if you're in that, if you know what I'm talking about, say amen. amen. We are each other's sanity. I'll get to looking at a thing in life and I'll just be woe is me for I am undone and she comes along with an outside perspective and says hey you shouldn't be thinking that way you it's not this way it's not the way you see it it's not the way you perceive it to be you're blessed it's okay and I'll do the same for her and we we do that back and forth but sometimes it's it's not that things have been so bad for us or that you're you're in such a bad situation right now but still you're all undone inside and even though life may be great outside you're having an issue with yourself if we were able to harness our thought lives how much better off would we be if we were able to control our emotions If you just believed in yourself the way that others say that they believe in you or the way that you've heard God believes in you, then maybe some things would start to look a little better. And you may be sitting there today and you say, Pastor, I didn't come here today for any kind of a self-help seminar today. We we want to hear a word. Good, I've got a word for you. Because you as believers, you've all heard that we often engage in this thing called spiritual warfare. 
and we think about spiritual warfare and we think about the angelic beings and demonic beings and they're off somewhere in the far heavens or maybe they're down in the depths of hell and they're duking it out together but the truth of the matter is that the largest and most predominant place where the battleground of spiritual warfare is lies between your ears right in here I've got issues sometimes in here because the adversary is speaking lies and he's spewing defeat. But there's a voice of truth that keeps rising up. Come on, somebody. So, I want to share with you just a minute about the parasites of life. We all pick up some, little, some of life's little parasites sometimes that cause us to have issues internally. There are, there are things in this life that will attach themselves to us and suck the life out of us. Now I want to define for you what a parasite is in case you've forgotten your grade school lessons this morning. A parasite is defined as an organism that lives in or on another organism and benefits by deriving nutrients at the host's expense. In other words, there, is, there are things in the spirit world that will attach themselves to you and they will thrive at your expense. If you permit them to stay, if you give them reason if you give them permission and they stay attached to you they will thrive as you slowly die sometimes as we're passing through this life we can pass through things and sometimes it's situations we're moving through situations and we pick up these parasites and they're, they're things that just leech on to us and they won't let us go things that feed on our being and they rob us of spiritual sustenance and they rob us of victory and they rob us from being everything that God has intended for us to be. Things that if they go unchecked, just like the definition above, they will thrive by deriving their benefit at our expense. And sometimes we pick up these things in life and they prey on our sanity and they prey on our confidence and they prey on our hopes and dreams and they cause us to have issues with ourselves. When I was a little boy, I used to go out and play in the woods. Matter, I didn't just sometimes. I played in the woods all the time. It wasn't much to do. You know, we had an old black and white TV with tinfoil on the rabbit ears. Come on, somebody. You know what I'm talking about? Had three channels that you needed a pair of wire pliers to change because the little plastic knob had broke. Come on, somebody. And unless the Dukes of Hazard was on, I was in the woods. <laughs> but when I would come in as a little boy, that soon enough ceased because you know how you get grown and you don't want anybody messing with you. When I was a little boy, I used to come in. Mama would say, come here, son, let me check you for ticks. I want to I see if you've got anything that is leached on to you now that's that's drawing its life from you. I want to get that thing off of you. And sometimes in the, in the spiritual, we need to stop. We need to check ourselves for ticks. We need to see what's, what's on us, what needs to get off of us. 
And I want to share with you a few of those little parasites that will often cause us to have complex issues with ourselves. Sometimes we pass through things in this life and we, we pick up hurt. Once we've been hurt, we swear to ourselves and anyone else who will listen that we are never going to put ourselves in that position again. We put up our walls, we display our tough exterior because even if we give the impression that we're over it and we're moving forward, we're never going to trust or let anyone else in again. And it drains us of valuable relationships. It drains us of the, the, the unity of the body of Christ, of being able to have somebody to walk in step with and to stand in agreement with. You can't confide in anybody because you've tried to trust people before and that didn't turn out so good. So we pick up hurt. We pass through some things and we pick up fears. We pick up fears. And I'm not, I'm not talking this morning about natural fears. I'm not talking about those of you today that are maybe afraid of heights or maybe you're afraid of water or, you know, like any sane person would be snakes or, or spiders or something like that. That's not the kind of thing I'm talking about when I'm talking about fear this morning. I'm not even talking about external fears of any kind because, you see, it's, it's not the fear of our circumstances really that paralyzes us. Sometimes we get put in situations where we may be fearful of circumstances and that is the catalyst to pushing us forward and rising up and pushing ahead. You see, it's not the fear of the challenges before us. Oh, no, no, no. Those things are going to move us forward. They're going to make us work harder. They're going to stretch us outside of our comfort zones and we'll find some way around those things. The fear I'm talking about are internal fears. We call them insecurities. Those things that, those feelings that you wrestle with that say just because it's you, things aren't going to work out right. You're afraid. You're afraid to, to move in the things of the Spirit. You're afraid to step out of the status quo and what people have always understood you to be because you're afraid of, of the insecurities that reside in you. They just shout and they scream so loud. Here, let me, let me illustrate this for you. I said earlier, I'm not talking about external fears. I'm not talking about the mountain that stands in front of you. You can get over that mountain. Let me ask you this. How many of you find it easier to trust God for more for somebody else than you do for your own self? I mean, I, you know, you come to me with your situation and I will say to you, oh my God, you're just such a powerful man, woman of God. I know that God's going to give you the strength. I know that you're going to be able to get through this thing. I know that God, and, but when it's us, When it's us, we're in the corner crying like a lot of our favorite Bible characters and just saying, my God, what, why did you pick me? I can't do this. God, it, it could have been a hundred other people. They, they, could have, they could have reached the summit of that mountain. I can't do it. We believe it for other people, but sometimes we don't believe it for us because of our own insecurities. But I want to tell you something today. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 13 says this, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. 
Now together today we made a proclamation. We said it is well. It is well together, all of us, we sang it is well. Whatever we're going through, whatever my life, it is well with my soul. And right now I want you to make a proclamation together with me. I want you to, I want you to quote that Philippians 4.13 verse with me right now together. Let's all do it together, can we? Three, two, one. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? I'm telling you, church, you don't have to cower and quake in the fear of insecurity knowing that greater is he that's in me than he that's in this world. You can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. Those anxieties, though, so many times, they, they, those unfounded struggles, we all face them from time to time, and you've got to know how to get through them. One of the other parasites that we pick up in this life is the parasite of disappointment. We all know what it's like to have hoped for much and watch it turn out to be so little. Sometimes that sting of disappointment can attach itself to us and, and taint everything that we believe moving forward. We cease to pray because we didn't get the answer we were looking for. We cease to dream because we didn't see the last one come to fruition. It's hard for us to build relationships like we covered before because we're reluctant to open our hearts to others because it didn't turn out so well last time and we're disappointed. I want to tell you something. Can I just let me liberate you this morning? Our faith rests in the finished work of Calvary. Not in the goodness of other people. Not in their ability to fulfill every promise ever made to you. Not in their ability to walk in perfection. But our faith today is in Christ Jesus. Somebody may have disappointed you somewhere along the way. It's okay. You probably disappointed them too. I'm just being honest. How about another parasite here, feelings of inadequacy? You know, we, we, all, we all know that feeling of just not feeling good enough. Not measuring up to the, to the standard of acceptability. It's that lie that says it's going to fail because you had a part in it. It's, it's that little voice that shouts every time that you dream a little dream and says, you must be kidding me. Can I tell you that God is never going to call you to something for which you feel totally qualified or adequate because if you were, you'd have no dependence on Him to see it come to pass. If you feel inadequate in God's calling good, you need to. Because the Word says that unless the Lord builds a house, they labor in vain that build it. Anything that you can do by yourself is worth no glory or no virtue in God's eyes. You need him. So here's these things. And this is, I'm sure you could add to this list. But, you know, we don't want to be here all afternoon. So I'm going to hold it right here with this list of little things that attach themselves to us. Some of the most prevalent. Insecurities, fears, disappointments, disillusionment. Those feelings of inadequacy. They, they attach themselves to us and they just suck the life. How many of you know what I'm talking about? 
Let's face it. Even aside from those things, sometimes I just have a hard time wrangling me in. We, we all have those times when, when we weren't as Christian as we should have been. You ever? Come on. We all have those times. We just we weren't as Christian as we should have been. We, we try to please the Lord, but somehow or another, it seems that we can always find that things that seem absolutely contrary to what we're trying to portray to the world around us as a testimony, and we can do that thing very well. I want you to listen with me at the, at the words of the Apostle Paul here in Romans chapter 7, verse 19, and see if you identify with this statement at all. Paul says, for I do not do the good I want to do. You ever been there? I want to do good. But sometimes the wherewithal to get it done is a little short. A little lacking. And that's one thing. It's one thing to have good intentions that we don't act upon or that we can't fulfill. But Paul continues here with this one, and this is really what is problematic for a lot of us, and that is this, but the evil that I don't want to do, this I keep doing. Amen? I, I wanted to do that, but I did this. And I didn't want to do that at all. We lose our tempers if we're not careful. We say things we shouldn't say. We let our emotions take control of situations instead of walking in the truth. We don't let the word guide our every thought. We are at times driven by fear instead of standing in faith. We don't pray and read our Bibles as often as we should. We are weak. We are incapable at times of upholding that great decree we made to the Lord we know what it means to say that the spirit is willing but the flesh is weak it seems that every time we want to correlate the, the God's grace to flawed humanity we look at the life of Peter Peter is a man so near and dear to my heart because he and I share a kinship and that is that he vows great things to the Lord. And he tries his best, but sometimes he just can't do it. How many of you ever felt that way? He can get caught up in the moment. He can let emotions take control. Oh, his heart's in the right place, but, he, but his flesh just keeps getting in the way. He wants to walk on the water, but he's scared of the waves. He wants to be fully devoted to Jesus, but he puts a great deal of stock in what those around him are thinking about him. He says things at times that are often counterproductive. And we're all familiar with what may have been the single most disappointing moment of Peter's life. In that here's a man that is forever immortalized as the man who denied the suffering Christ before a little girl outside of a judgment hall. 
Just as Jesus predicted, Peter denied him three times that night. Now, if you don't think that'll give you a complex, think again. Just imagine with me for just a minute that you're there, strike one, somebody else asks you, you denied, strike two, and somebody else asks you one more time, and it's strike three. And you hear that rooster crow, and you look through the crowd, and they're dragging Jesus out of that judgment hall, and you guys lock eyes, and you know that you failed. You failed him miserably. As a matter of fact, it was so bad that such a disappointment that the Bible says that Peter went out and he wept bitterly. He wept bitterly. But a few days later, now Jesus has died. He's been buried in that borrowed tomb and he's been resurrected. And a group of a group of Jesus' followers get together and they go and they visit that tomb there and instead of finding Jesus' body, they find a young man dressed in a white robe that said this. Mark chapter 16, we'll begin in verse 6. He says, don't be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus, the Nazarene who was crucified. And he is risen. He is not here. See the place where they have laid him. He said, but go and tell his disciples and Peter. Go and tell his disciples and Peter that he is going ahead of you into Galilee and there you will see him just as he told you. Now, there are a lot of theologians that draw a lot of different conclusions about what this means to include Peter separately from the other disciples. And I'll not take the time to debate it with you this morning whether that meant that Peter now wasn't included, that he had backslidden so far, he wasn't one of the disciples. We're not even going to enter into that because there's a, there's a solid truth here that is undeniable and undebatable. And that is this. That there was a man who had failed so miserably. I mean, he had messed it up royally. Real bad. To the point he knew it, he knew it, it burned in his spirit day and night, night and day, and he wept bitterly about it. He was so disappointed with himself. And to that man, the resurrected King of Kings and Lord of Lords sent a personally addressed message. He said, you go tell Peter, I've risen. You know, the guy that had blew it, the guy that got it all wrong, the guy who was weak, the guy who made a mess of things, tell him that there is a message of God's grace and victory that remains for him. Tell him that I have overcome his problem. I have overcome his insecurity. Tell him I have overcome his fault and his flaw. I am risen and he is victorious in me. 
So today, I don't know what you're struggling with in your own heart or mind. Maybe it's feelings of inadequacy or maybe it's a feeling of inferiority or maybe feelings of insecurity. It may be that, that you keep failing in some trap, falling in some trap over and over again. And whatever the case, there is a resurrected Savior that would send you a personally addressed message to say there is a grace that is sufficient for that. Can I tell you today that just as the Lord sent a messenger that spoke directly to Peter's disappointments and insecurities and fears, that Jesus is here today and he is speaking expressly to your heart and the struggle that you're going through right now. And he's trying to say to you, it's okay. I am risen. I have defeated that thing that's plaguing your life. It may be over your head, but it's under my feet and it's taken care of. Jesus wants you to know today that he has overcome the grave and all of those parasites that are sucking the life out of you and they're causing you to forego God's calling on your life to rise up in victory and be a mighty man or woman of God. They are all defeated by the finished work of Calvary. Would you stand to your feet all over this congregation today? Our worship team is going to share a song with us here. And as they do that, I want you to know, I want, first of all, I want you to worship the Lord with us. I want you to lift the name of Jesus. I want you to worship the Lord with us. And let me, let me just invite you with this. That if you would be in this place, and you would judge anyone else that would approach this altar, we invite you to go ahead and be dismissed. Okay? See, this is, this is not a hotel for the saints. This is a hospital for the hurting. We don't need any religious spirits here looking on, going, oh, well, God, I guess he fell in it again. We need people that are going to sincerely pray and lift one another up, bear one another's burdens before the Lord. So today as they sing that song, if there are things in you that just mountains that seem insurmountable, just, just things that you grapple with on a regular basis. You know all too well those feelings of insecurity, that feeling of inadequacy. You wake up every day with the devil shouting in your ear, nobody likes you. You're no good. You're worthless. You failed too many times. And you realize that no matter what the facade you put on before people, that you're, you got issues in here. I want you to know today that these altars are open for you. There's deliverance for your pain. There's healing for your hurt. And there is power in the name of Jesus Christ to give you strength to overcome those things, to climb that mountain, to get up out of that valley, whatever the case may be. There's power in the name of Jesus. And there's power in prayer today. 
So we invite you at the close of this service together today, if you would just come as they sing and lay your hearts bare before the Lord. I tell you what, I'll go first. How about that? I've got issues with me. I am my own problem child. And I need the help and the strength of Almighty God in my life poured out. I need that personalized message right now from the Holy Spirit just to speak a fresh word of victory over my life. And I invite you, if you need the same this morning, I invite you to come and join me here. Hallelujah. We hope you enjoyed this inspirational message today. If you would like more information about Faith Assembly, please visit us on the web at faith-assembly.org. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you have a blessed day.